Hello, everyone. Welcome to Spartacast, a show about the star series Spartacus. Uh, I'm Will. And I'm Matt. And yeah, uh, it's finally happening. It's finally I happening. Know, How finally. long have we been talking about doing this podcast for? At least a year. I know, maybe longer than that. I would say it's longer than that. Year. Yeah. Yeah. But finally, it's like we it got to like, I guess, last month. And it's like, yeah, we finally need to go ahead and do this. <laughs> well, I was right. waiting for my other podcast to end. Yeah. And technically, we've got we've got one more related, Sir Deadwood-related episode thing that we've got scheduled for tomorrow but i'm done with editing that was the hardest part is editing after an episode when you know that you have to record again in two weeks so you want to give your audience time to listen to the episode that you've edited before they can watch the next episode and send you feedback in for the new one so that two-week period it's very stressful because you got to get your episode edited and out in like five days i would say is the maximum that i was giving myself so i was like i don't want another podcast project right now not until i get that done <laughs> <laughs> yeah well for us it was every on down below it's every week so trying to prefer to have the episode out on wednesday but sometimes it's thursday or friday but oh well mm-hmm. it was july 10th to 2013 when i posted in the intro cast group is there an intro cast for spartacus hopefully called spartacast <laughs> So that yeah, was three years ago. Wow. <laughs> That's crazy. And that was around the time Spartacus was ending on Star. So, yeah. Very good. So we should talk about the format of this podcast, like what an intro cast is and all that business. So, yeah, we're going to take the intro cast format, which is usually you have one or more veterans who have already seen the show watching along with people who have never seen the show, just kind of guiding the newbies along. So I saw the show when it was on the air, and Matt is the newbie. Yep. Yep. I tried to watch it one time. I got the DVDs from Netflix, um, and uh, I think this was before streaming. or It wasn't on streaming at the time, and I got the, the DVD... And I put it in, and I don't think I made it halfway through where I decided that I didn't like this. <laughs> so I stopped watching. Yeah, it, it takes a little while. I think the consensus is about halfway through the first season is where it starts getting really good. Yeah, it picks up. Um, forgot what else. Oh, yeah, we're going to be actually, well, like a lot of intro casts, they'll watch one episode a week. We're actually going to be doing two episodes a week. Uh, get it going a little faster except for um, maybe the season one finale since season one is the only one with the odd number of episodes we may watch it by itself yeah that's that's probably a good idea rather than doing three yeah we just do one is it an odd number oh yeah it's 13 Mm. other seasons have even numbers so it'll work out right right (laughs) yeah we might we might go every week we might skip a week or something at the end of this month i know i have a vacation plan finally <laughs> and this week is just the two of us but normally we hope to have other people speaking with us either newbies or veterans but this one we'll just do by ourselves yeah so guests we decided we decided that we didn't want to maintain the schedule um for this play a little more uh by ear because uh we 
have other projects going on. So what we're going to do is just announce our recording date on the Facebook group. So if you want to be a guest, you have to join the Facebook group. Join the Facebook group. You don't have, if you don't like Facebook, that's fine. You don't have to put anything in your profile. You don't have to interact with anybody. Just join the, just join the SpartaCast group. That's all you have to do. And we'll announce our recording date. And if you want to be a guest, just say so. And the first person who says, Hey, I want to be a guest for that date, you get to be a guest. So two, two stipulations. One, uh, if we change our recording date and you can't make the new date, that's too bad for you. I know it sounds unfair, but we're trying not to juggle guest schedules as well as our own because that's very stressful and takes too much work. And number two, uh, the rule is no guesting on back-to-back recordings. And we're doing that because we don't want one person to dominate everything just because they get on the group and they're always lurking on Facebook and they're saying, I want a guest on this one and on that one and, th- and the third one and the fourth one. No, you can't do back-to-back. That's how we're doing it. Right? That's what we decided, right? Right. Yep. So... Let's get started about Spartacus. Um, well, Spartacus aired on Stars from 2010 to 2013. It's based on the historical figure Spartacus, who led the Third Servile War against the Roman Empire. There are a series of slave revolts. Um, it was the show creator and showrunner was Stephen DeKnight, who. TV fans may know from Smallville and Dollhouse. He was the showrunner for the first season of Daredevil on Netflix, and now he's working on Pacific Rim 2. And executive producers were Rob Tappert, who seems like a lot of the crew who worked on, like Hercules and Xena, worked on this show. I know Sam Raimi was a producer starting the next season but not on the first season. Mm. <laughs> um, I watched Hercules. I watched Xena too. I was more of a Xena fan than a Hercules fan. Yeah, I think, I think I'd probably agree with that. <laughs> yeah. And we might, uh, as a bonus episode, I think we're going to do an episode of Xena just for uh, Lucy Lawless goodness. Right. I think we should try and find uh, some bonus episodes of that we can do for um, actors who are in Spartacus. So, again, if anyone has any suggestions and bonus episodes, send them to mail at spartacast.com. Rob Tappert and Sam Raimi were both producers on American Gothic as well, which okay. is a great show. Have you seen were that they... one? No. Um, no, it's on my list of shows that I want to go back and see. I think they talked about it on a, another podcast I listened to about canceled TV shows. Next. It's, a, it's just a, it's a great one. Gary Cole, Sarah Paulson, uh, Lucas Black. Nick Cersei. Good stuff. Oh, Nick Cersei. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's one of those. Anyway, he's, I think he's, he falls in the Adam Baldwin category that you kind of like him, but then you see <laughs> a little bit of what they oh. their political views are, and you're like, oh. Mm. Well, that's not good. <laughs> don't Please don't ruin American Gothic for me the way that uh, Firefly has been, ruined, has been ruined for me. Aw, Jane. Uh, so Matt, do you have any, uh, fun historical facts to share with us? Yeah, I, I try to find some fun facts without going down the, the rabbit hole that I, I'm used to going down when, uh, I do my podcasts. Um, by the way, I host Hooplecast, which is a Deadwood podcast. Um, yeah, we should probably talk about the podcast that we, well, we'll do wait for the end of the show. 
But, um, okay. yeah, researching Deadwood, I would spend, like, hours sometimes just researching. I do that sometimes, especially if I'm watching a movie or a TV show based on real life. I'll get it on, like, Wikipedia and just start clicking link after link. Like, when this show was on the air, I said I was going to read about the real Spartacus, but I never got around to it. And then when we said... um we we're going to do this podcast. I said, oh, I need to read about the real sparks, but never got around to it. And then last month I bought a book that I haven't read that is sitting right next to me, which they actually quoted in the bonus features on the Blu-ray. So I'll okay. get around to reading well, it. What's the day. name of the book? It's called the Spartacus war by Barry Strauss. I don't know if you watched the pop-up version on the Blu-ray. They had facts mm. popping up the whole time. Oh, they quoted, they um, quoted, from the book yeah you need to watch next time you need to watch those there's some really interesting stuff in there oh i should then okay is it um safe spoilery you know spoiler wise the the facts yeah the pop-up facts are safe the commentaries aren't safe okay all right yeah uh, maybe i'll turn that on uh i didn't know that was a feature that's pretty cool um so my facts uh i just went on a couple websites to find some stuff um I'm not going to fact check these facts and I'm not going to spend hours researching. Like, um, I'm, I'm supposed to be on intro to X tomorrow talking about sunshine days. So I spent like two hours reading about the Brady bunch. I'm not doing that for this <laughs> podcast. So take these facts, uh, what you will. I'm going to spend like a maximum of 20 minutes a week finding something. Okay. So this is what I found. First of all, uh, is it the get the get uh, who, uh, get, uh... appear in the first episode? They weren't savages. They were as cultured as many of the tribes of Thrace. And according to Greek historian Herodotus, the Gedi were the noblest and most just of all Thracian tribes. So they're portrayed as barbarians, but I don't I don't think that they were. And I kind of wonder if that makeup was just like war paint. Like they weren't really barbarians. They were just acting like it because you're just supposed to frighten your enemies. Yeah, I'm not sure. They said on the commentary that they had a lot of problems with that, um, that they just didn't really like it. They ended up not liking the makeup for them. They're very ghoulish, but I don't yeah, know how. Kinda... I don't know how like, historically accurate any of that was. It just sounds like. I mean, they are portrayed in the series as being barbarians. They're savages and so forth, and everything that I found about them, which wasn't much actually, uh, suggested that they just weren't any different than, uh, any other Thracians. So here's a fun fact. Sometimes gladiator blood was, uh, recommended by Roman physicians as an aid to fertility. It doesn't say if they consumed it or if they, uh, spread it on their, I don't know. It just says that it's a <laughs> fertility aid. Gladiator blood. I, that makes sense. They drink it or what? I don't know. <laughs> Ooh. Um, I mean, yeah, yeah virile. If you're a, a gladiator, you must be virile, right? So, right. I mean, it, it makes sense. I just doesn't say how they used it. The editor or judge of the games would use the gesture of a thumb turned horizontally, perhaps striking toward the heart, to signify "kill him." A covering or compressing of the thumb signified "put away the blade." When Gladiator came out, the movie Gladiator, there was a lot of talk about how the thumbs up and thumbs down were not accurate gestures. So yeah. what, in this, I don't remember what they did. I think it was to the side, wasn't it? I don't remember. 
To die honorably, the defeated gladiator would grasp the thigh of his victor, who would then hold his opponent's head or helmet and plunge his sword through the neck to make sure the defeated gladiator was not faking his death. An attendant dressed as Mercury would touch him with a hot iron, and another attendant dressed as Charon would hit him with the mallet. The mallet, a mallet. <laughs> That's just It's just funny to me to have two people come the out mallet. in costume and be like, boink, he's dead. <laughs> well... I hope we see that. That'd be hilarious. <laughs> yeah, make sure. Yeah. The Romans trained some female slaves to fight as gladiators. And in response to the 73 BC revolt against Rome by Spartacus, 6,000 slaves were crucified. Oops. <laughs> Oopsie. <laughs> Got to teach you guys a lesson. That's it. That's, those are my facts. Oh, uh, cool. Thank facts you. and quotation marks. We'll see how accurate they are. <laughs> I don't um, expect this show to be historically accurate. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. <laughs> so, um, let's get into the first episode. The Red Serpent. Uh, the first episode, yes, The Red Serpent. It originally aired on January 22nd, 2010, uh, directed by Rick Jacobson, who, according to Wikipedia, is <laughs> this well known film is called Bitch Slap. Huh. I, I looked it up under IMDb, and it has people from Hercules and Xena in it, and Zoe Bell is in it. Oh, that's that's how um, we got the job, because I never heard of that guy. <laughs> and it was written by Stephen S. DeKnight. I was following Stephen DeKnight on Twitter back when the show. I still do, but it was just so funny watching him interact with the fans, and he's pretty good about that. Also, um... Rick Jacobson directed a few episodes of Brad's favorite show, Cleopatra 2525. Nice. Got a little syndication. I miss those old syndicated shows. Mm -hmm. Reminds me of Legend of the Seeker, which was supposed to be my first intro cast was supposed to be about that. I even had iTunes approval and a website, but I didn't have anybody to podcast with, so I ended up not doing the show. I know a lot more people in the podcast community now so it wouldn't be a problem now but you know back then but anyway so there was a commentary by Stephen DeKnight, Rob Tapper, Joshua Dean who's also a producer and Rick Jacobson so <laughs> how did you like the style the 300-esque oh, style oh <laughs> boy oh boy oh <laughs> <laughs> I know that was what so many people complained about when the show first came on and the CGI blood and yeah it, I was fine with it because I really liked 300 and you know okay um okay um <laughs> I, I had a real problem with it at first but on my second viewing of the pilot I kind of got I just sort of acclimated to it <laughs> um it is ridiculous yeah. it's so stylized it there is a scene uh at the end of the episode in which um spartacus um by the way i think i call him john spartacus in my notes he's just john um john is in the arena and a big guy with an axe comes behind him and shoves the axe in the back of the head and all this blood sprays out it's like yes. like a wave of blood. It's like where is the blood even coming from? If it's that much blood, he'd be dead. Like it's, it's not much, ridiculous. It's not that much blood in the body. Yeah. It's. I mean, um, well, if there's if there was that much blood in the body, I don't think that particular wound would have caused that much blood. And if it did, it would have come out of the back of the head. He would have been dead. 
So, where'd this blood come from? It's the whole thing's ridiculous. <laughs> so, I'm kind of just gonna ignore it. <laughs> okay. I think it's a strange and... choice because it's all digital and it's, it's like a cartoon. It's very cartoony. Graphic novel. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they were sad on the commentaries. It has kind of a graphic novel feel. So some of the stuff they were trying to do. But they did keep they keep mentioning on the commentary like how um how a lot of little things changed as they kind of figured out what kind of show they wanted it to be. So um like one example was like leaves that were falling in a not natural way. It was intentional. Right. Because they were trying to create kind of a surreal moment. But, you know, as the show went on, they kind of stopped doing some of the things they did in this episode. Okay. Yeah, the leaves falling. Um, I think in my commentary, I was like, oh, God, the leaves are so, like, <laughs> <laughs> digital fakey. Like, obviously intentional, you know. Like, the okay, the crowd scenes in the arena with the digital crowds, that is terrible. And that's a budget issue, I'm pretty sure. They didn't have enough people to make a real crowd, so they did that, and it looks dreadful. The leaves, that was a style choice. Yeah. So I'm okay with that versus the crowd stuff, if that that's the distinction I'm making. Right. Yeah, they say the crowds get better as the season goes along. I don't remember personally, but so yeah, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully it won't be as bad. Do you know what the budget was on this show? Um, no, I can't expect it would be much, especially, well, the first season at least. Yeah. But, um, so what do you think? So, Andy Whitfield, <laughs> who I think is a pretty good Spartacus, and he's also, you know, looks good on camera. Yeah, I, I liked him. Welsh guy. Especially yeah. in the second episode, which we'll get to, but, um, I thought he had good screen presence and very blue, pretty eyes. Um, <laughs> Yeah. So I don't know how much you know about Andy Whitfield. I know he died of cancer. Okay. I wasn't sure if... Okay. And, yeah, so after this season, Liam McIntyre took over the role of Spartacus. Yeah, I think he did really good. And they talked on the commentary about how he was, you know, such a demanding role, and he did all that while he was, you know, battling cancer, while he had cancer. Hmm. It's uh, surprising that they didn't like replace him and um, try to get just try to get a different actor redo his scenes. Maybe they were too far into filming. Yeah, I'm not sure exactly at what point they all knew about his cancer. Yeah. So this is what I this is what I've heard. He, when they found out that he was sick, they decided to delay filming while he recovered. And when it looked like he wasn't going to be able to resume filming uh on schedule they decided to do a prequel series of like six episodes or something um right just to give him more time to recover but then he didn't and that's when they recast the role and from what i remember i think i remember hearing that he was actually training to come back to the show when they discovered that the cancer had come back and that's when he gave up the role god that's brutal they recast it yeah Ah, so young, too. Yeah. I would imagine, how old was he when... I think he was 39. Wow, that's really young. Yeah, like, I'm almost 39. Oh, and he, a year had, or so. and he had two children. Yeah. 
apparently there is a documentary playing at I guess film festivals right now that was kind of chronicling him going around searching for treatment for his cancer, which I want to watch. If yeah, well, let's do that. Let's do that toward the end or something. Yeah. Uh, thought he, I thought he was good uh, overall. The cast is pretty strong. Obviously, I yeah. love Lucy Lawless. Love Lucy Lawless. <laughs> yeah, she's awesome. Um, see, we had John Hanna as her husband Batiatis. Mm-hmm. Have you seen him anywhere? Um, s- most mostly from the Mummy movies. Um, but for me, he's really just Stangler from Carnival. <laughs> Two episodes of Carnival, so that's what I refer to him in my notes. I'm like Stangler and Zena. Okay. Don't remember. I know he's on Agents of Shield now, but I'm behind on that, so I haven't seen him. But um, I remember him. I've seen all of I've seen all of Agents of Shield, and I don't remember him at all. Oh, I thought. I, well, I saw. I saw his IMDb said that he was on there. And he could have been in a couple episodes, but if he did, he didn't make an impression on me. <laughs> I do know that Claire, our friend Claire, met him at a bookstore once. Oh, cool! She was working at a bookstore and uh, told him how much she enjoyed him on Carnival and how he was surprised that she mentioned that role because most people would say the Mummy, Mummy movies. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to Claire. Claire's awesome. We love you, Claire. Who was it that I met? Oh, I met Aisha Tyler, and I was telling her how much I loved her on 24, because most people you know, know her from other stuff. That she like Archer is probably what they would talk about. But I was like, I remember when you were on 24. Yeah, and she turned out to be ago. evil. Oh, I remember yeah. she got like... <laughs> She got like uh, as far as the parking lot or something. <laughs> she and got. She yeah, that <laughs> <Spoiler> sucked. <laughs> no, she's she's a um, extremely beautiful, funny lady. I know. <laughs> yeah. I was once asked that if I. Um, oh, for those that don't know me, I'm gay. But I was once asked if there was a woman you could sleep with, who would it be? My go-to answer is always Aisha Tyler for that question. <laughs> <clears throat> I think I first uh, saw her on Friends. She dated Ross. <laughs> yeah, Ross. Um, so we got to see Crixus very briefly in this episode. Manu Bennett, who, yeah, she's also been on Arrow and the Shannara Chronicles. Last time, yeah, I was telling you this, Matt, last time I was at a convention where he came and... I was like, went like right past his table and he was sitting, his table was next to Brandon Ralph's table. And they're just two, like the most beautiful men <laughs> like, sitting right next to each other. And I like just kind of staring. And one of the um, convention workers like came over yelling at me, like to be sure not to take any pictures there. Like, no, you can't take pictures here. I'm like, I wasn't going to. <laughs> I, was just, I was just. Yeah. yeah, Got to, got to pay for those pictures. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I remember him from 30 Days of Night. Did you ever see that? I, don't, I saw that, but I don't remember him in that. Uh, he played, like, the sheriff's deputy or something. Okay. Yeah, that was, like, one of the first, like, uh, high-definition movies I rented and watched. I was just amazed by the detail. <laughs> um, It's one of my favorite horror movies. So, um... <clears throat> the Legol the Leg the Legolas no the Legatus's <laughs> wife 
who I call Tiffany in my notes. Everyone in my notes had had uh, <laughs> modern names because I couldn't remember all their names. So uh, th- this couple is Tiffany and Julian. <laughs> and uh, Tiffany sneaks into the encampment wearing a fur coat. Um, she reveals herself to be quite the daddy's girl. Yes. And it turns out that daddy and Julian don't get along. Daddy doesn't like Julian. He's too... I don't know. I don't know what what the backstory is there, but clearly uh, husband and father father don't uh, get along. Right. He wants to get in the good graces of father-in-law. I also thought that she had this like gold string around her waist, and it made it look like she was um, bisected. Almost like she was a mannequin, and like the top, her top half and her lower half were like separate and like screwed together. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> of course she's very shiny too, kind of plastic. Yeah. Who's this actress? Um, her name is Viva Bianca. She played Elithia. I didn't recognize anything that she'd been in, and I'm not sure she's been in anything I've seen since. And he is Craig Parker, who's was Haldur in Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. The elf guy, and he was on Legend of the Seeker. Oh, I love that show. She had lasted more than two seasons. <laughs> well, maybe we'll have to do a bonus episode for that that one yeah. to see him in that. Um, I'm guessing he's Australian or from New Zealand. I want to say he's news from New Zealand, but I can check. I know that Andy Whitfield is Welsh. Okay. And from John Hanna. Man, my Google is slow. You should be using Bing. <laughs> Get those Amazon gift cards. Um, still. Oh, he's born in Fiji. Craig Parker was, and now Ooh. lives in New Zealand. Hmm. <laughs> so, at the beginning of the series, uh, John and his wife Susan are a very happily married couple. But the Romans come to town and they say that the the Gedi are like half a week's march from your Thracian villages. So if you agree to fight with our army against Mithridates and the Greeks, um, we'll help you beat back the Gedi. Um, right. So that's the the arrangement that they make. So they go fighting the the Gedi. Where are the Romans? The Romans are nowhere to be found. Um. And they then show after up right as the fight is ending, right, <laughs> right, much, yeah. And the the Romans, um, or rather, um, John's friend, uh, new friend slash um, antagonist, a uh, very gruff guy, uh, gruff voice. I called him Gus. Uh, Gus is angry that the Romans are, are are always late to the battle. They never share in the spoils of war. Basically, the Thracians are like meat shields. They're cannon fodder. Of course they are. Yeah, what did, what did yeah. you expect? Um, and then it, then it turns out that the Gedi are going to be marching toward the Thracian villages west, but the Greeks are going east. And uh, the Legatus decides, with the encouragement of his wife, okay, we're going to abandon the Gedi, we're going to just go after the Greeks. And uh, the Thracians are like, hey, wait a minute, what about this deal? You're going to help us save our villages. Eh, never mind that. Yeah. So they rebel against the Romans and uh, attack the Romans, and that's when um, the Romans take John Spartacus into captivity. It, 
force Josh him to fight. Whittaker's. I don't know because because he doesn't, he doesn't reveal his name. name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, did I miss it? And it turns out Spartacus isn't really a name at all. It's like uh, a title given to the character at the end of the episode. It reminds me of this Greek or Greek somebody. It reminds King, me of yeah. reminds me of this King Spartacus. You are a Spartacus. Okay. That's kind of the plot yeah. of the episode. Um, all of this sort of preamble to the arena stuff was kind of hard going for me. Um, I kept expecting that the wife would be killed. I was surprised that she she survived the episode. Um, she just got she captured. Started. Oh, oh, Spartacus is his wife. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, Elithia. Um, what was his name? That's the blonde. <laughs> well, the the legatus, yeah. She was the one who kind of started everything, I guess, by nag- nagging her husband on. Mm-hmm. And on the commentary, they started talking about Birkins at this point. <laughs> um, like, what is it? It's a pubic wig. Oh, boy. Apparently, um, <laughs> it's kind of counter to reality because they were saying that Romans were plucked and waxed. And even the men didn't have beards, but it didn't work out for what they wanted on the show. Hmm. Well, I would imagine that the Romans at war would not always be able to shave. Whereas okay. uh, the Romans in the city, the aristocracy would probably always be clean shaven, would be my feeling. It's just a feeling. I don't know if that's true or not. <laughs> They had some debate about whether or not Spartacus intentionally, um, whether he should or should not intentionally kind of start this fight with the Romans. Because in the end, this is kind of what caused him to be captured. So they decided that it would be unintentional, but still kind of sealed his own fate by doing that. Yeah, he grabs grabs the spear from his friend and throws it at uh, one of the Romans. Goes through the neck. If he had killed the Legatus, uh, they would have all survived. <laughs> Basically, by <laughs> by letting the guy live, it really comes back to bite him. <laughs> um, so, apparently there were some complaints that the show was pornographic. <laughs> and Stephen and Knight says that those kind of comments makes him worry about the sex lives of Americans or of everyone. But... I think one of the other producers corrected him, saying, yeah, they're probably talking about the orgy scene, not the... Because um, they started talking about this during one of the sex scenes between Spartacus and his wife, but they said maybe it was the orgy scene. Well, that's period appropriate, isn't it? There's Bacchanals, aren't they always, you know, a lot of writhing, a lot of, a lot of fucking... And the pop-up video taught me that orgasm comes from a word that means to swell with moisture which is an interesting image, um, interesting thought. <laughs> and also, it mean, orgy comes from a word that means secret rebels. So you learn a lot of cool facts watching the Spartacus Blu-rays. Clearly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I've seen this first episode at least four times. The last time was last night when I watched it with commentary and the pop-up facts. And that was the first time I ever noticed the dildos in the orgy scene. Oh, okay. Did no, you see him? Uh, no, I was distracted by the little guy in the elephant mask. Okay. <laughs> Not the lady with the dead fish, holding the dead fish. No, I didn't see that either. 
I probably wouldn't have noticed if they hadn't just brought up dildos while I was like looking for them. But apparently, according to the pop-up information, dildos were appropriate for that time. Well, dildos have been used throughout history. Like some archaeologists found a 30,000-year-old dildo one time. Well, of course. <laughs> because since the beginning of time, people will want to insert things into things. Yes. <laughs> people want to find ways to pleasure themselves this was probably the best um or only set during the entire pilot yeah. most was green screen um there was the tent the, the legatus and then there was this scene um there was, was one set i thought the set design was actually pretty cool with the shallow pools and the women in the rose water i mean like what are they doing there but at least it was interesting yeah, I think when the soldiers were outside, like, talking around the campfire, they just shot it on a dirt mound and, you know, green screened the rest of it. And they reused that dirt mound for, you know, a few different scenes. Mm-hmm. You'd, I was just kind of wondering, like, what's the budget difference in a green screen effect that, you you know, you have to hire people to digitally render this versus just build a set? Yeah, uh, I wonder... One thing um, that I noticed on my second watch of the pilot was the Red Serpent on the shield. For some reason, I missed that entire thing, and I didn't really know what the Red Serpent meant. It was the title of the episode. Um, the wife has like some sort of sight, like second sight, and she has a, a vision of her husband on his knees before the Great Serpent. Right. It, was a, it was a warning that if he goes to war, he's destined for great and unfortunate things. And I didn't see the the serpent on the shield, and I thought that the, it was going to be something that was going to pay off later in the season. But no, oh, yeah. it actually pays off in the in the pilot, um, and he sees this red serpent on the gladiator's shield, and that's kind of what spurs him spurs 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 him to uh, to finally fight because it's like, oh my god, that's my wife's prophecy. Yeah, there are some. Um fact that they had um i guess the thracians worshipped some god and apparently this god was always seemed to be fighting red serpents or something like that i don't know hmm. so i remember spartacus talking to his wife about the gators and their god or something like that yeah and he says that they worship the mountain wolf and place no faith in snakes one interesting thing they said at the end was after Spartacus won his fight, he was supposed to pass out and there he was supposed to be carried out by the others, but they just ran out of time and couldn't film that scene. So <laughs> they just ended up doing a close up on Spartacus. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. So this um, battle scene, um, <laughs> I found the crowds to be just really distracting uh they I were remember, okay first yeah. of all the extras were way over the top like yeah. insane um there was a woman with watermelon who made me laugh um <laughs> and like another one who had like a chicken leg or a piece of bread or something i couldn't really tell it's just like it's just funny that seeing people eat <laughs> while they're watching this it's like <laughs> do they have gross hanging out or i don't remember that um yeah. I, I also found it strange that there were a couple black people in the uh in the crowd you would think that they would separate, like they would be well racist and say you're not welcome in this public event. Like, why I don't wouldn't know. they? Was it like that back then, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I mean, people have been racist since the beginning of time. It just seems really strange that they would allow that kind of mingling. 
Especially yeah. how, I mean, the Romans were pretty savage. I mean, this is a pretty savage sport here. So I was just surprised, like, oh, they allow interracial mingling at their sporting events. That's kind of progressive, but maybe it was accurate, historically accurate. I read, I saw that um, supposedly the real um, Batiatis, uh, he would try to diversify his gladiators just to make sure they wouldn't like band together and try to form some kind of rebellion because you can see like i think it's the second episode a lot you see where like the thracians don't like the gauls and don't like the romans and blah 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 okay so maybe it's not um a skin color thing so much as just where you're from like yeah, maybe so romans hate the thracians thracians hate the the Gedi, who hate the greeks and it doesn't matter if you're black or white. If you're from that place, that's what they that's what they don't like. I don't know. Maybe we'll have to look into that. Yeah. Maybe we won't. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Anything else about this episode that stood out besides dildos um, and merchants and blood? Mm-hmm. Um, the guy crawling away without his legs was kind of gross. We um, meet uh, Batiatis's rival, Salonius. He'll be... Yeah, he looks familiar. Is he in that show Black Sails? Uh, I only saw a few episodes of Black Sails. Um, Same. Could probably find out. I don't remember. I didn't look him up. My prediction was that the wife would be killed by the end of the episode, but she was not. Um, I have a prediction for the end of the season. I think by the end of the season, um, Daddy's going to get killed. The senator. Oh. I think he's going to die. I think um, Craig Parker's going to kill him. Or maybe uh, maybe his daughter will. She loves her daddy, but maybe she loves her husband more. Mm. He wasn't on Black Sails, but he was. He did a voice in Path of Exile. He did the voice of Dominus, so <laughs> maybe going along with the theme. He is also in Legend of the Seeker. It's kind of like... British shows where they just all are, are kind of in the same everybody's in every show the same people yeah I don't really have any other notes that are that important I think we uh, do we have everything. any yeah, yeah, do we have any quotes I forgot to go back and get the exact quote but I had the one about being destined for greater unfortunate things uh, my only quote from this one is that man has fingers and all the proper assholes he wiggles them and everyone shits gold uh so who won this episode oh um this is tough i'm not sure spartacus won this episode no 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 no. yeah he sold into slavery no he definitely did not win this episode um i think he lost this episode um uh, what'd you call him? Carl? Not Carl. Um, that was his name. The guy who was Sparks oh, is his friend. His friend slash rival. I called him Gus. Yeah. Gus, okay. He had his uh, throat slit very early on in his in his bout in the arena. And we had a really long, like, lingering look at the blood gushing out. Um, yeah, they gross. talked about that. They said that it was a little too long. <laughs> yeah, well, um, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> And they said that he kept, like, contacting them with all these different uh, ways that he could be brought back to life on the show somehow. <laughs> or be brought back to the show somehow. Like, maybe he didn't really die or something. 
he was very clearly dead. Um, yeah. I'm going to say the blonde Tiffany, whatever her real name is, I'm going to say she won. Lithia. Yeah, she she snuck into the uh, into the encampment. She had sex with her husband. She convinced first. him. <laughs> yeah, she first. convinced him to uh, to leave um, pursuit of the the get eye and go after the Greeks, and um, then uh, got to go home to the villa and uh, watch the games. So uh, I think she had a pretty good time. <laughs> Fine with that. Yeah, okay, she cool. was the first nude person on the show or the first frontal nudity yeah and who lost this episode i think john spartacus <laughs> lost john spartacus do we have a best slay and or best lay <laughs> yes for my best slay i have it when john takes off the get eyes head with an axe and it spins 360 degrees in the air with the and mouth agape Screaming <laughs> That was mine too. Oh, nice. Cool. <laughs> I did have a winner loser off the top of my head. But yeah, for what about best lay? I had Spartacus and Sura. Yeah, that's what I had. He, like, they show him climaxing inside of her. Like, his, his expression on his face was, I'm coming inside of you right now. <laughs> that's his O face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Some uh, slow mo fucking with ethereal singing in the background. Um, pretty sexy stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, what about the um, theme? The did you like the opening and closing music? Did you notice the opening? Oh, and closing? Did it have a theme? I'm not. Well, even the even the second episode didn't have main titles, did it? I might be thinking about the end music. What I'm thinking about because at the beginning. They didn't say it on the DVD, I don't think, but I remember when it was on, they had a warning at the beginning that said, this is, basically said this is based on historical events, but it's kind of, you know, stylized and sexed up, so. But no, I don't think it had an opening. Just closing. Yeah, it probably didn't have the budget for that. Overall, I liked the music, though. Uh, nothing was very, nothing stood out, but it all seemed pretty appropriate for the scenes. Um, the second episode... The rock music stood out, but again, it felt kind of appropriate for what they were doing. Uh, so what about a rating? Mm, why don't you go first? Um, <laughs> I was hoping you would go first. Okay, no, I'll um, go first. Um, for I didn't love this. It was kind of tough going, but um, mm, yeah, I think I'm going to enjoy the show overall, but the pilot was not very strong. And it was kind of hard for me to get past the, the CGI stuff. Uh, my second watch, it was better. But first watch, uh, really tough going. I'm going to establish like a baseline here for all my future ratings. And I'm going to start right in the in the middle and give it a 5 out of 10. Okay. 5 out of 10 um, waves of blood. Yeah, I watched this a few months ago thinking I was going to rewatch the entire series before the podcast. But then I was like, eh, I'm just going to watch it when we do the podcast. But yeah, when I watched it a few months ago, I didn't remember like the first. Well, up until the part where he gets captured, I didn't remember any of hardly any of that, except for maybe like a little bit with his wife. Um, but it's an OK episode to start on. But is it until like episode two where I think you really get into the series, but it was, it was a decent start. Um, so my score is the six and a half out of 10. 
decapitated screaming heads. Mm, that's better rating than mine. <laughs> what you say? I'm gonna five? change. I'm gonna change mine to five out of ten. Ladies eating watermelon. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, five they out of ten. Watermelons in Rome. I guess they did. She was eating okay. some. Okay. <laughs> Is this all going in a spreadsheet? Oh, probably. Yeah. <laughs> gotta have a gotta have a nerdy spreadsheet. I love spreadsheets. I do, I do I too. I use them taught. all day at work. It's pretty depressing, actually. I once taught a class on how to do Excel spreadsheets in a former life. So yeah, I love spreadsheets. <laughs> um, <laughs> so the second episode is Sacramentum Gladiatorum. It originally aired January 29th, 2010. And it was also directed by Rick Jacobson and written by Stephen DeKnight. They said that um, they had this idea before the season that they're going to name, or maybe while they're doing the season, they're going to the, every title would be in Latin. But they came to their senses and decided not to do that. <laughs> yeah, clearly they did not do that. <laughs> yeah. So the Sacramentum Gladiatorum is the oath that Spartacus takes at the end. Which is actually, they say they changed it a little bit, but that's pretty much the exact wording of the oath. There anyway. was there was some show that had all its episode titles in a foreign language. What am I thinking of? I don't know. There wasn't Orphan Black. Was it? No, they were no. Just, they're just I weird. Love, I do love the shows that have a theme for their titles. Yeah, me too. I don't know which one had a foreign language. Um, I know that. Okay, I know that Hawaii Five O, the remake, does. Oh, that's does. not the one I was thinking of. But all of the of those titles are in Hawaiian. But that's not yeah. what I was thinking of. Anyway, it'll come to you. Yeah, it will. Okay, so in this episode, John Spartacus is at the residence of John Hanna and Zena, and he's going to train with uh, other new recruits to become gladiators, part of the uh, stable of gladiators that uh, John Hanna has. And um, the the climax of the episode is that the recruits have to pass a test to join their ranks, join their brotherhood. And uh, is John going to succeed? Of course he is. He's the hero of the show. The show's named after him. Yeah, so... <laughs> you know what would be awesome if he died in this episode? <laughs> like, <laughs> screw history. We're doing this differently. So, uh, this is kind of, um... This is a real, like, condensed episode because it was it takes place in this one location. Right. I don't think we... Just... I don't think we go anywhere else, do we? Do we see the senator at all or go anywhere for any other purpose? I thought I remember, um... Because Glauber... The uh, what is his name? Legos, Lega, what I can't remember his title now, but he actually comes to them, right? Um, and so it's all in the Ludus. So my favorite scene, <laughs> no, one of my okay. favorite scenes, yeah, probably is the um, bathing oiling scene. <laughs> uh, I just remember the first time watching this, I was like, whoa! So <laughs> yeah, I mean that's. That was uh, something. I remember hearing stories that from when they were you know, shooting the first season that a lot of the men got prosthetics just so they would feel comfortable 
some of the lesser endowed men would get prosthetics just so they would feel comfortable being naked. I don't know if that's that, true. <laughs> that doesn't seem like it would make anyone comfortable. Yeah, I don't know. But one thing they said on the commentary was when they were shooting this scene, it was like freezing cold. Oh, well, that's not good. So, <laughs> so they had they had heated water bottles that they would put in their lap so they could avoid shrinkage. And that's Jesus in between, Christ! In between, <laughs> they would just use the water bottles. <laughs> So yeah, so they talked about how Crixus was intimidating, even though he was completely naked. So, way to go, Manu Bennett. Yeah, that's got to be just like really tough to be in front of a group of strangers and have to deliver a monologue, basically, and be completely nude. Yeah, I do it every day now. <laughs> and speaking of sex, um, we see Lucretia and. Batiatas have sex. Mm, but before, they had to have their slaves get them going. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Which, I don't know. Uh, they said on the commentary they had a lot of weird ideas for this scene, but like I think one idea involved bestiality, but they ended up not going with that, thankfully. <laughs> yeah. Everybody really, everybody really got into this scene, so all the actors... <laughs> um yeah and this is uh some sex position yeah they're broke yep hasn't, don't have any money the the um the pools are dry it hasn't rained for quite a, a while in capua um if they had the money they could have had the pools filled for a month but uh john hannah's character has spent his money on purchasing john spartacus but it sounds like he's in debt anyway. It sounds like he's he's got debts to pay, and uh, he's gonna have to he's uh, gonna have to pay at some point. Yeah, he um, yeah could pay for his grain, or he could owe the money on that. And we get introduced soon after this to Barrow, played by Jai Courtney. Were you surprised to see him? Um, I only have a vague awareness of who he is, but. I don't remember him looking like that. Like, yeah. Um, the blonde hair is really distracting. <laughs> I can't remember. I can't remember if I mentioned on what we make one of my other podcasts, if he was going to be in here when we talked about Spartacus, because I think I may have tried not to say that he was going to be in it, but he was in Terminator Genesis. He was Kyle Reese. He was John McClane's son in the last Die Hard movie. Yeah, he's been in some things recently. Um, I know he was in Suicide Squad, but um, yeah, I don't know. In my notes, I called him Thad, because I couldn't remember his name. Thad? Thad. 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 (laughs) (laughs) And Doctori, which is a title played by Peter Mensa. And what have I seen him in? I've seen him in stuff. Yeah, the 300, uh, he's been in Sleepy Hollow. He was two episodes of the Sarah Connor Chronicles. Um, he's been in a lot of stuff. It's all that he used to be an engineer. It's always oh, wow. interesting when people like leave one career to go into acting. It's like Ken, I think his name is Young. He used to be a doctor, um, the guy from Community. Right. Chang. Yeah. yeah. So uh, he's um, Spartacus. 
as being all defiant in this episode. Defiant, but also just kind of a sad sack. Kind of a, uh, I'm just so tired and sad. Uh, my, wife my wife is gone and Roman betrayed me. He lied. Yeah. Um But you're right, he doesn't want to fight um in that op- in that sort of beginning part. Um he doesn't want to pick up the practice sword. He's reluctant. Yeah, and then when he gets the opening he like goes after <laughs> goes after Doctorio with that sword. And all of these gladiators have Stockholm syndrome because they think that th- what they're doing is noble, noble, and th- and that they're standing on sacred ground. Um, they're all fighting for the honor and the glory of their master. It's okay. So they've been taught. Baru yeah. actually sold himself into slavery to pay off his debts, which I didn't realize you could do that. I guess I've forgotten his backstory. And he says that a, a couple couple months or uh, being a gladiator or a couple years is how he's I think it's, two years two years of winnings yeah, will keep years. his family fed well will he survive the show <laughs> I say no I say he gets a hero's death write that down Baro gets a hero's death and, um, and, and like his last words are take care of my family my wife and son maybe there's like a vision of like he sees his wife and son and as he's like um uh, slipping into uh, like the end, you know. It's like he's yeah. closing. He's dying, and he closes his eyes. But as he as he closes his eyes, he sees his wife and son. And he's like, and he runs runs toward them. <laughs> through the, <laughs> I don't know. Goes into a light. There's a cool conversation with um, Elithia and Lucretia. Where they're talking about the rain and who's offending the gods. And then she kisses. Is this when they kiss? Yeah. Yeah, they're like on the balcony. She's, um, the blonde is looking out at the gladiators and she's like super horny. And (laughs) she's like, oh my, how can you stand it? Like these men, like, aren't you afraid that like they'll get their blood up and they'll like attack you? And, and Xena says, no, we've been here for like, my family's had this place for like decades and nothing bad has ever happened. So no, I'm not, not worried about it. She's like, oh man, look at these men! I just want to fuck them all. <laughs> it's basically, it's basically the uh, episodes. I think she makes eyes at one of them, and they're all kind of looking at the, at the gladiators, thinking, "Ooh, yeah, I want to do these guys." And <laughs> <laughs> these animals, oh, they're animals, yes. but oh, I want to fuck them. And I um, fuck you like an animal. Yeah, and uh, the blonde is super passive aggressive toward our friend Zena. Oh yeah, she brings up children, right? She and uh, Zena says, "I don't have any children." She, oh, I'm sorry. I just assumed that by your age, yeah, you would have uh, kids. Apparently, back then it was much more taboo for upper class women to have same sex relations. But I guess it was fine for men. Uh, I imagine a lot of things were taboo for women, yeah, and fine for men. <laughs> That's <laughs> all of history. <laughs> Um, just looking at some of the stuff from the commentary, um, like when Batiatis convinces, oh, when Doctori gives Batiatis the fabric that Spartacus um, dropped and he sniffs it, they're kind of uneasy about that sniff. They're just like, <laughs> they're like, should we do that or not? Like, but they ended up leaving it in. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, yeah, they're trying not to. They Spartacus isn't the classical hero yet. He does some like not so good things, like when he tells all those people they're going to die. All the other gladiators, the new gladiators. It's not like rallying them, giving them some kind of inspirational speech. Like, yeah, you're all going to die. <laughs> right. Well, this is going to be his hero's arc. Yeah. They've got time. And I knew that that one guy, his, his name is Marcus, but I knew yeah. he was going to get it because he seemed weak. I like Marcus. He he just, <laughs> well, he, he seemed relatable. Like, oh, this guy yeah. is like a normal guy. Like, of course he's going to die. Because he's the guy man. that, like, most of us would be like, like, are we going to survive? I don't know about this. He dies right away, too. He just yeah, Bark is just immediately. Like, yeah. Dead. <laughs> Which was hilarious. They all started to laugh. I know. Assholes. Um, yeah. They're all, they're all very mean toward the new recruits. They're just yeah. mean and nasty. Um, the one guy knocks over the porridge onto the ground. He, he pushes the stumpy guy out of the way and then just knocks the gruel onto the ground. Yeah. Not yeah. nice. Not nice. These guys are not being very hospitable. My water tastes funny. <laughs> Sorry. Your water? Yeah. So stop my, drinking it. My water tastes like, I don't know, it reminds me of like a swimming pool because it's been in this plastic bottle for so long. My water tastes like fruit, kind of. You shouldn't because it's coming out of the tap. My water tastes weird. The bottle is a Nalgene bottle. It's supposed to be uh, like not one of those kinds of plastic where the plastic seeps into the water and you know affects the flavor, but that tastes a little strange. Um, there's a training montage. A montage, yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, they have to have um, these giant planks of wood on their shoulders and walk around in circles all night long, which seems very unlikely. Like, even the strongest of guys would not have the stamina to do that. That just, like, hours and hours doing that? That seems like... Yeah. That's not gonna happen. That's the point. I know. Trying to... Trying um, to tough... I don't know. Toughen them up, I guess. But, on the other hand, that could cause some severe damage to their neck, necks and shoulders. And then, yeah. how are they gonna fight? Like you want to push these guys, make them tough, but you can't damage them irreparably. They'll, they won't be able to, to compete. Oh, um, John tries to throw a sword at Crixus, but it gets deflected, and it, hilariously it kills another <laughs> gladiator recruit who's just sort of standing there. It just slices him at the neck, and he falls over dead. I called that guy hefty. <laughs> um. That guy wasn't supposed to be the actor wasn't supposed to be there, but the original actor like no show, so they just put him in there and they had to reshoot that scene because originally that guy had just this dumb look on his face when he when he was dying. So <laughs> <laughs> he looked like a dumb dumb. He did. Yeah. Um I wrote down this guy's name, Gladius. Uh, but at first I called him the water boy because he kept being asked to bring practice swords over to the guys. That actor yeah. looked familiar, but I, oh. I don't know if that's true or not. I'm trying to stay off the IMDB for this. So who, can you tell me who played Gladius? Um, I can look it up, but, um, hefty. Yeah. I think, um, they were talking about the diet, the gladiators ate. It was like high on carbs and protein. And having some fat was considered a good thing because it could 
they thought it could protect your muscles and tendons from injuries. And like Google is so slow. One Gladius. of yeah, Gladius. He's a younger guy, kind of skinny. Like it, it made sense that if he was a slave, that he would not be uh, strong enough to compete. But he could be like someone who just sort of helps out. That's why I called him the Water Boy. Mm, I don't see. I see a Naeus, Ovidius, Medicus, Pietros. Okay. Well, he must not have been anybody then. Yeah. Oh, I think. Oh, um, he was Jessica Jones. Does he think about? Oh, Malcolm. Yeah. Yeah, that could be it. Because yeah, that guy Malcolm. was that guy was um, not American. That actor. Yeah, from Australia. Is okay. I can go to safely go to Jessica Jones. Eka Darville. Yeah. He's not. Is he, he credit? Yeah. He, okay, that's not the name he has, but he he is in Spartacus. I scrolled down a little bit. Yes. Very distinctive um, face and hair. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Well, that's good. I'm excited about that then. Maybe we'll do a episode of uh, Jessica Jones as a bonus episode. <laughs> cool. I like. I really like him on Jessica What's Jones. It? Yeah, he's really cool. Cool. I I really he look is. forward to um, seeing more of that guy. Uh, listen to the Defenders podcasts for <laughs> discussion of Jessica Jones. Um, so is there anything mm. worth? Um, there's another guy who's kind of a huckster. He has some bread that he gives to John, who and John shares it with Thad, and he places bets on the men about who's going to live and who's going to die in the arena. And I guess yes. he can't compete because he's, like, crippled in some way. He's got, like, a leg yeah. brace on. So he makes his coin by betting on, on the others. Um, I do That's know that Asher. this... I'm sorry? That's Asher. Asher. That's the character's name? Yeah. Okay, that sounds pretty modern, Asher. <laughs> I don't know. His name is Nick Tarabay. He's, I'm following him on Twitter. He's, he's been in a lot of stuff. Uh, I thought he had a lot of charisma. And I do yeah. know, like, I, I know some of the things that happen on this show just by, you know, because it's been uh, around for years. And although I haven't actually watched, you know, until now an episode all the way through, I do know that that guy shows up a lot like i think he's a, yeah. a big recurring character throughout the entire series i think yeah so i'm excited to see more of him no he was a klingon in star trek into darkness <laughs> okay just klingon um yeah at the very beginning there was a dead guy in the hospital and apparently that guy plays a dead guy in several episodes <laughs> and we talked about how this show was really tough on directors. You had to come in and be ready to direct the shit out of everything and be ready to block everything. I think it was just because there's just so many moving pieces, so many people, and you're seeing so much stuff going on. And one guy joke, whenever I direct an episode, there's just going to be like two people talking to each other or just <laughs> one guy talking to himself. No episode. <laughs> so um, at the end... Of the episode, the recruits have to fight the veterans. That's the test. Um, one of the recruits, uh, it ends in like a draw. So they're like, you pass, that's fine. Borrow, yeah. Yeah, then um, Marcus gets up on the platform and immediately is killed. 
and everyone just laughs and laughs because it's just so funny. So obviously he fails. Um, <laughs> then it's um, Crixus versus Spartacus, and it looks like Spartacus uh, isn't going to fight. Uh, he has he's like all teary eyed, um, but he has this uh, this cloth that from his wife's. Well, we should go back to that in just a sec. But he he sort of gets the will to live and attacks Crixus, and Crixus falls off the platform, and he's going to kill Crixus. And John Hanna's like, no, 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 don't kill that guy. Um, he's really valuable to me, so knock it off, but you passed. And uh, welcome to the Brotherhood. He was going to let Spartacus die, but yeah, that time at least. Yeah, yeah. So probably shouldn't have gone to the end quite yet, because there is a really important scene where... John Hanna gives Spartacus that piece of fabric from his wife. It from his wife, him to be a gladiator and take it seriously. Yeah, because if you fight and you win your freedom, then you can rescue her. Yeah, and not be sent to the mines. But there's this thread of they mentioned several times of being sent to the mines, which is apparently like just the worst place you could be sent. <laughs> like people could be down there for years, like mining. Um. The I keep wanting to call him Legolas. I know that that's not right. The Le- Legatus, Legatus. Yeah, he um he shows up with his wife. We talked about the wife, but tells John, "Hey, your wife has been like uh, yes. all my all my men all my men fucked her, and then we sold her to a Syrian." Okay, which is very upsetting. Hope I hope Damn, that's not gets true. The rise after, yeah. I'm sure right now people are like really over me and my fake names for these characters. <laughs> <laughs> it's, but it's in my notes like that's how I refer to them because I don't know who they are yet. Just gonna have to deal with it. Um, pool water, Spartacus, blah blah blah. I think. I think that's all my notes. Um. Yeah. Oh, uh, one thing I'm really happy they got rid of his gross hair. He looks a lot better in short hair. Yes. <laughs> Bad. Well, I guess it was a good wig, but it just doesn't look good on him. I really like the interaction between the two women, especially when she says, these common dishes leave my stomach unsettled. It's like, bitch, be polite. You're in somebody else's house. Shut up. Exactly. I love John Hannah just whenever he's talking pretty much. <laughs> I like what she's saying. All right. Okay. So. Oh. No. Uh. Quotes. Quotes. Um. Yes. You have no mother. You were belched. You were belched from the cunt of the underworld. <laughs> that was one of my. It was pretty good. Uh, pretty good. And Varro says, "Oh, Jupiter's cock," which I don't know if you've heard, but that's kind of like a popular phrase from the show, kind of. <laughs> so. <laughs> let's make that time. I was gonna say let's make that the title of uh, this episode, uh, this podcast okay. episode. Jupiter's cock. Jupiter's cock! Exclamation point. <laughs> um, so I have the, here. I have here. A no. gladiator does not fear death. He embraces it, caresses it, fucks it. Each time he enters the arena, he slips his cock into the mouth of the beast and prays to thrust home before the jaws snap shut. <laughs> That's pretty so good. Graphic. Pretty good. Very, very graphic, uh, but pretty good. Nice way to think about battle and possibility of dying. I don't have any more. Yeah, I don't have any more quotes. Um, who won this episode, Will? You go first. 
Who won the episode? Uh, I want to say Lucy Lu- oh, Lucy Lawless. I don't know. Well, no, not Lucy Lawless. Um, maybe Spartacus for finally turning his attitude around. And even though he cheated, he kind of sort of beat Crixus. Mm-hmm. He was my first pick, but then I was wondering if John Hanna is the winner because his investment is going to pay off. He was able to turn that turn that around. And I'm good with body artists. We don't, we don't always have to agree. We can each have a different winner. Mm. I'm going with him. That's who I like. I'm good with that. I'm good okay, with okay, that. okay. And then loser, okay. I'm going to say Marcus. <laughs> One and done. Didn't even Marcus. last but half a second. <laughs> it's like, uh, poor Marcus. Not Marcus. It was that no-name guy who wasn't even fighting and got killed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, Hefty? Yeah, Hefty. <laughs> um, hmm. um, so I guess we could, say, we could say Hefty. Okay. Okay. We'll see. We'll- Whatever his, whatever, whatever his real name is, I don't know. I don't even know what his... I'm not sure he had a name. He's just dead guy. Yeah, okay. So was he the best slayer? Was it Marcus? <laughs> Ooh, um... Is it just two people that died this one? Um... Yeah, um... Best. So I remember. Uh, yeah, I think, uh... Hefty getting the sword little nicked on the neck and dying is the best slay. Yeah, I'll, I'm good with that. Yeah, was there any lay? Were there any lays in this episode? Uh, yes, we had. Oh yeah, yeah. At the beginning, we one. had um the married couple. Yeah. So, do the slaves get the award too, or? <laughs> um, do the what now? Was that this episode or the last one? That was this episode. Do the slaves that helped? Oh yeah, were they like um had their arms get... in in her cooch, and yeah. the other one was giving the blowjob? Yeah, do they get like the award too? Sure, <laughs> sure. Let's the let's give them let's give them the honor of being included in the best play. Yeah, okay. You know, those two remind me of the Thernardiers from Les Mis because they're like they're a married couple, but they're always scheming in, in the politics to um, be acknowledged among their betters. I've never seen Les Mis. Yeah. So ratings, I can go first. Okay. I'll say that this was a great improvement over the last episode <laughs> is, you know, not, um, I don't want to say that <laughs> spoiler. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, it's a great improvement over the last episode. It's, you know, setting up a lot of what we're going to be seeing rest of the season series. Spartacus finally coming around and accepting that he's a gladiator and he's going to try to win his wife's freedom. Introducing more characters. There was some good nudity in it. Some good fighting. So I'll give it... Seven and a half out of ten. Little cuts on the neck. <laughs> isn't, isn't that the rating you gave the previous one? I gave it six and a half out of ten. Oh, okay. Okay. Um... Seven and a half, or I'll say seven point seven five. Okay. Um. Okay, I'll go seven point two five. 
<laughs> I was going to give it a seven. <laughs> I was torn between a seven and a seven and a half. But since we're doing yeah. quarter quarter ratings, <laughs> I'll give it seven point two five out of ten. Um, seven point two five out of ten loaves of bread. Oh. So. Uh, yeah, I thought this was a lot better than a lot better than the previous one. I will say that it was fairly obvious which of those recruits were going to die. Like, I knew Marcus was dead. I, you know. We're going to die. Like, I, it was telegraphed. There, <laughs> there wasn't a lot about this that surprised me, but it was a huge improvement on the first one. I really enjoyed the scene between the two women and then the scene at the end between John and John Hanna's character. Baltius or uh, Batius? Batiatus. Batiatus. <laughs> Baltar. Baltar, yeah. So, um, this, the, um, the gladiators constantly, um, laughing at the recruits was, that got old. Bullies, yeah. They were bullies, yeah, I don't like that. Um, how about some feedback? I guess we got one piece of feedback from Mitch, who listens to two of my podcasts. Cool. I think he only watched episode one, so... Maybe if he watches episode two, he'll send us feedback on that one later. That's fine. But Mitch, but Mitch says, I'm going to be honest. I spent more than half of the episode channeling the host of another podcast saying, I have no idea what's going on here. I'm vaguely familiar with the idea of Spartacus, mostly because of the Kirk Douglas film. This is something different. <laughs> There is an extreme over-reliance on slow motion and CGI, which becomes increasingly comical as the episode goes on. (laughs) In the climax, there is a sequence where Spartacus impales the guy in the back with the pitchfork, which causes an explosion of CGI blood. It covers nearly the entire screen. (laughs) Yet as soon as it changed angles, there was no blood. Exactly what major arteries are there in the human back? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) It was nice to see Xena back on screen, joining Evie's brother from The Mummy and a number of other familiar faces from Lord of the Rings and the Shannara Chronicles. I wasn't quite prepared for the amount of nudity or adult language they showed. I'm used to these actors in far more PG shows, so it'll take some getting used to. As long as Xena doesn't go full frontal, I think I'll be fine, though. Um, Well, she went topless. (laughs) We saw the upstairs, not not the downstairs. Mm. I'm not sure exactly what I can say about the plot. It didn't exactly reveal itself to me while I was watching. Hopefully, that will change over time. I know Liam McIntyre is a regular based on his appearances promoting the series on The Soup. When does that little hottie finally show up? Uh, Third season. Um, (laughs) uh, Thanks for forcing me to finally get the Blu-rays off the shelf, open them up, and start watching Mitch from Omaha. Thank you, Mitch. Thanks, Mitch. Glad to have another newbie watching along with us. Yeah. So I'm not the only one going, huh? What? Really? <laughs> All right. I did that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So, yes, mail at spartacast.com if you want to send in your thoughts and comments and feedback. Yeah. And if you have any fun facts from history as well that you want to share at the top of the recording, um, Go ahead and send those as well, and we will credit you with your fun facts. We'll steal them. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, so next time on Spartacast, <laughs> uh, 
we have two episodes. Episode three is called Legends. Episode four is called The Thing in the Pit. Ooh. Okay. Well, Legends. <laughs> um, for Legends, John Spartacus is going to fight a really well-known, well-respected gladiator. Um, and, of course, he's going to win because he can't die. He's the hero of the show. But everyone's going to be like, ooh, you're going up against uh, Bruce? Oh, you're never going to win, man. He's so good. He's a legend. Uh, and then for the thing in the pit, I'm going to say that it's another arena fight. And it's like um, in the movie Gladiator when the tigers show up. It's going to be like, they're going to like pull back the floor of the pit and there's going to be like a thing in there, like tigers or a bear or something. And they're going to fight around the pit and uh, it's going to be like, oh, don't fall in the pit. You'll get eaten by the thing in the pit. Yep, that's it. Those are my predictions. <laughs> I think they said they wanted a tiger for the first episode, but whatever, they didn't do it for whatever reason. Probably budget, but also, you know, yeah. you know, having seen Gladiator and like that, it's like this is very much like that. So you don't want to rip them off too much. I mean, they're all they're all similar movies. This story, this this storyline of the of the hero who gets separated from his wife and then gets put into captivity and has to fight for his freedom and then you know with this brotherhood of like I mean it's pretty familiar territory. Yeah, obviously this is based on you know a real accounting of a person. It's gonna feel familiar, but to put tigers in it too, that would have been too much. This show has CGI blood. I don't know if Gladiator had that or not. No, I think they were they were going for more realism than they were a graphic novel approach. But who's worse when it comes to blood, Tarantino or this show? I don't know. It was like Kill Bill just has blood gushing. Mm -hmm. But that's more practical effects, though. I like that Um, more than this. So, Matt, where else can people find you on the Internet? Well, let's see. I do a podcast about Deadwood. That's called Hooplecast. H-O-O-P-L-E-Cast.com. So go to that website. You'll find links to uh, all of our episodes and our show notes, our discussion threads, or link to our Facebook group. We have now covered all 36 episodes of Deadwood, but tomorrow afternoon uh, on 9-11, we are going to be covering... Well, we'll be doing like a series wrap-up episode. So... Which I'm looking forward to because we're going to be talking about um, the show as a whole and our thoughts on Deadwood and the real characters from the town and from history. I have a lot, got lots of research. We'll be playing some trivia. We'll be reading some fan fiction. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, so check out Hooplecast. And then, oh, and after we finish Deadwood, we're going to be covering HBO dramas, like in general. The first episode of every HBO drama. That's exciting. Um, yeah, that's my other podcast. No, I do a gaming uh, podcast with Matt. It's called Matt is Wrong About Games. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I was just on Intro to X, which is an X-Files podcast talking about Improbable. That's the episode where um, Burt Reynolds is God. And then I'm supposed to talk about Sunshine Days tomorrow. And I was just on Cast, which is a supernatural podcast talking about the season four finale, Lucifer Rising. Well, you can find me on a podcast called Down Below, which is uh, an intro cast about the TV show Babylon 5 from the 90s. And I'm currently also doing the Sensate podcast about the Netflix series Sensate. 
And formerly, I've done Intro to Briscoe, which is about the adventures of Briscoe County Jr. and What We Make, which is about all things Terminator. And you can hear me guesting on shows like Hooplecast, uh, The Defenders Podcast, Intro to X, Clone Dance Party. Um, uh, did I mention that I was? Did I mention that I was the co-host of Clone Dance Party? I'm not sure. <laughs> did you? <laughs> <laughs> we do so many podcasts; it's hard to remember. I know we do. We do. We do tonight. <laughs> so yeah, find us around. Yep. Go to Spartacast.com. <laughs> Theoretically, that would be our website at some point. Yes, there will be stuff there by the time you hear this. So, <laughs> um, anyway, anyway, that's all we got this time, y'all. Yeah. See you uh, next week or thereabouts. All right. Cool. We need a sign off. I don't know what our sign off would be. <laughs> do we need a sign off? We don't need a sign off. We need a sign off. Goodbye. Bye.